Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Brad Williams and Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by White Cloud e-cigarettes. We're not saying you should start smoking, but if you already do, awesome. And if you've ever wanted to try an e-cigarette, these are the ones to go with. White Cloud e-cigarettes offers over 20 flavors. That's almost as many as Baskin-Robbins. 20 flavors and 6 nicotine strengths. It's cheaper than other e-cigarettes that you'll see at convenience stores and with much more variety. White Cloud e-cigarettes sponsors comedians they've been doing it for over two years now they've also sponsored uh comedy festivals like the boston comedy festival and the orlando indie comedy festival if you've ever been curious about trying an e-cigarette i have well the fling is the low cost no commitment way to do so and the fling offers same day ups shipping on orders before 6 p.m eastern but is there a website? Customers can go to WCECigs.com. That's WCECigs.com. But we want to make sure our listeners get them for cheap. So is there a coupon code? To get 25% off of the order, use the coupon code ALN Podcast. That's ALN Podcast at WCECigs.com to get your White Cloud e cigarettes today. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night Podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Oh. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Special bonus episode. Oh man, this is a fun one. Uh, this this guest, uh, hilarious comedian. You may have seen him on uh, the TV show State of Affairs or uh, Walk of Shame. Uh, Blake Shelton's Not So Family Christmas. Huh? A- anybody ever seen it? I have. He was great. Uh, he also has been in numerous television commercials all over TV. Uh, currently, he's the host of Ellen DeGeneres' um, Design Challenge on HGTV. He's an incredible host. He's a great comedian, an even better dude. And his name is Jay Monopar. That's right. Jay Monopar is our guest today. And uh, if you want to hear great stories from a guy who's lived some shit, Jay's the guy. Not only are his road stories from, uh, from gigs fucking crazy... Uh, Jay has a story of his first time doing stand-up that uh, trumps any first-time story ever. I don't even want to tease at what the story is. You just got to listen to its entirety on this episode and enjoy. Uh, Jay also, we talk about uh, his first time meeting me and our interactions and uh, what we thought of each other, uh, as well as uh, how Ellen DeGeneres handpicked Jay uh, from a slew of comedians and actors to host her design challenge and uh, and how that experience has been. Um, of course, you can check that show out on HGTV, Ellen DeGeneres' Design Challenge, hosted by Jay Monopar. Follow Jay on Twitter at Jay Monopar, M-O-N-T-E-P-A-R-E. Uh, follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. You can come see me. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. That's right, baby. Tonight is the first night of four nights of stand-up shows at Stand Up Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. Get your tickets at StandUpScottsdale.com. Pumped to be here. This is a great city, a great club. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brad Williams is in Dayton, Ohio. That's right, baby. Tonight, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of May. Brad Williams, Dayton, Ohio. Funny Bone. The Funny Bone in Dayton, Ohio. 
Get your tickets at funnybone.com and go see our buddy Brad Williams. Uh, of course, get your merch at stoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com, ABLN shirts, mugs, hats are coming soon. Get your merch, wear it, support the pod, wear it to the shows, we'll sign it, get your mugs, drink your beverages out of that, and support the pod. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done so already, and uh, rate and comment the podcast on the iTunes page. It takes two seconds. Go to iTunes right now before you listen to this episode. Comment, give it a five-star rating, comment something small just to help us climb the rankings. It helps so much, and we appreciate it. And uh, and it affords us to keep having great guests like the ones we've got coming up. Mark Summers is Monday, baby. The host of Double Dare is finally here. We recorded that episode earlier this week, and it's maybe one of the best episodes we've done. Uh, the stories are, are bananas. That's Mark Summers on Monday. Of course, we've got Nick Swartzen coming up, Henry Winkler, Jeff Garland, and Billy Gardell from Mike and Molly. So many great episodes coming up, so subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell them that Brad Williams and Adam Ray have a kick-ass, dope, fucking fresh podcast. What other fucking 90s adjectives you can use to describe us. Tell them to listen at aboutlastnightpodcast.com or on their iPhone or Android device or on Stitcher. You can get the Stitcher app on your phone and get all the podcasts that way. And finally, do not forget, tomorrow night, May 8th, showtime, Brad Williams, his first one-hour stand-up comedy special called Fun Size is premiering on showtime, May 8th, Brad Williams, First hour special, man. This is a big fucking deal. And uh, and Brad crushed it. I've already seen it. It's unbelievable. You love him live. You're going to love him on TV. The special hopefully does wonders for him and creates even more Brad Williams buzz, uh, which, uh, hey, man, is not a bad thing for the world to be on the receiving end of. Brad Williams buzz is... <laughs> What a fucking funny thing to say. Fun Size is the name of the special. Showtime, Friday, May 8th. DVR that shit. Watch it. Tell your friends. Watch it with your family. That's all the special info. Those are the Twitter handles. Those are the tour dates. That's all the merch info. So now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy a very special bonus episode of the About Last Night podcast with our buddy, the hilarious Jay Monopar. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. I, I, I don't think anyone says, I've got the herpes, but the non-weird one. No, there are weird herpes. Like, I have a friend who's got fucking eye herpes. Eye herpes? Yeah, there's eye herpes. I have another friend who has nose herpes, so she goes out. Are you serious? Yeah, when she goes out into the world, she can't, if it's too sunny, she's got to wear a hat or put sunscreen on her nose because her get nose out. will blow up with nose herpes. How do you get nose herpes? You stick your nose in someone's asshole. I don't know wow. how to do that. Like, are we recording right now? Is that what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Whoa. I mean, we can cut that if you don't want to have you talking about nose herpes because I know you're very I clean don't cut. Have them. Oh, I mean, yeah, we won't. All right, we won't talk about your mouth herpes then. We'll leave. We'll leave the nose Those herpes. Those are canker sores. Okay, it's inside the mouth. It's not outside. That's the delineation right there. Yeah, that is always. Uh, everyone's got that front tooth that's got like one thing on their lip. Yeah, they just never address. No, oh. and you have to look. You continue. You just like look at it. The yeah, whole it's time. Like, how do you not stare at it? I like when you I'm talking to. to people, I, if I want to just mess with them, I'll just look just just a little above their eyebrows. 
the, the entire time. Oh, so they think they have a zit or yeah, a hair or you out look of place to their or hairline something like or that. something like that, and just 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 it's a power <laughs> thing. It's like a Celestine <laughs> prophecy power struggle in the conversation. Oh God! All right, so the, the, <laughs> this is gonna make me sound kind of lame, but you know what? I don't care. I've done enough in my life to make me sound worse. Uh, Jesus, I, that was dark. Yeah, yeah uh, we uh, went right yeah, into the comics my, yeah, let's brain. Go, let's go down that path. For I a hate myself. I've done a lot of shit to I make people want to know about why no I one, make choices. No one gives a shit about me anyway. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, what I was gonna say is, uh, I used to I, I I read those books, uh, the game and like the pickup artist stuff. Oh, did you really? You oh, and, fuck yeah, you I and did. KT Tatara. Me and KT, man. <laughs> did you go to we, the conferences? We go to the conferences. We talk about negging. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's using the term. Oh, but 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 like that's one of the things that they would say to do is like you look at a you look at like a part of a be- of of a be- of a beautiful one's face and just go, oh, does your nose always do that weird thing? Yeah. Oh no. All you have to do is throw just throw a little insecurity at somebody, mm-hmm. and you. I when we when I was in high school, we there was this group of us that we all read like the Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've read this. What's that one? That sounds way smarter than uh, no, how to bang it's, chicks it's, by some guy that wears a llama on his head. It's like it's like uh, grade B cell, uh, grade B Scientology. Basically, it's oh, okay. like it's like it's basically they the, the the main tenets of it are that. You know, uh, there's no coincidences in life. Things happen for a reason. But within each coincidence, there's a power struggle. So every conversation you ever have with anybody, even if it's amicable, mm-hmm. it's a power struggle. And oh. people use four different ways of controlling oh, a conversation. Okay. And if you learn how to control a conversation, you can manipulate anybody. And if you know what they're using to get it on you, like they use pity or anger or intimidation, uh-huh. you can debunk that and win any conversation just with a sentence. Wow, it's fun. like like what like if it's, I mean give me an example like, like engage okay. with Brad here real quick. Okay, for example, if, if like Brad, if you were intimidating me, right? If you're well, me- obviously look at me. I'm very intimidating. I'm swole. I'm cut. Brad, I'm- what are you what are you so mad about? What do you mean? I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad about anything. I'm, right I'm, now, I just put you on the defensive, and I'm winning right now. Holy shit. <laughs> what just happened? I got to go cry in the bathroom yeah, now. Well, but it. then that's pity. And then, because uh, I'd be like, I got to go cry in the bathroom because you just made me sad. <laughs> well, if you come back at me, then I have to come back with debunk the pity, which I didn't get. I forgot that part. But oh, I will wow. Get it. Yeah, it's fun. What's this book called? The Celestine Prophecy. The Celestine Prophecy. So Holy ex- shit. So look, exciting. Look out, small-minded ladies on sunset. <laughs> Dude, with that, with that that game book and all that i mm-hmm. used to be a pool boy at the the tropicana which is the hollywood roosevelt thing. are you serious dude i was a pool boy. i thought i was never gonna meet a real live pool boy oh, they exist a, yeah and i, I had you probably team. crushed it oh <laughs> we were making i'm telling you there's so many scams you can do for this thing like because it's a big hot spot on the weekend oh you yeah know, djs coming and stuff yeah. like that so i was working that and the scams are like you know you get you get a, a certain amount of clientele that comes around during the weeks and they want to come on the weekends mm-hmm. so what you do is you give them your your number and they're texting you at four in the morning to get in there so you say yeah i'll get you in it's 100 bucks at the door so they slip me 100 i tell the lady yeah she's with me come on in the door person and then the the, the biggest way to make money is the chairs around the pool okay, yeah. that's serious real estate right there sure so you come in early you put reserve signs on all the chairs and then oh. When somebody comes in, can I get that one? And there's not reserve, but you say, can I get that one? You're like, yeah. You know, the guy paid me 200 for that. If you can beat that, Dude, then that maybe seems I can like a no brainer. Sca- like, and people, they don't question because they don't know. No. Any, yeah. 
Reserved. That word is so placed on any item. Oh yeah, you can put it on a person, and people. Are, and also, it's it's what you can't have that people want too. People see that and go, "Yeah, oh, that seat looks so dope. I want that." Oh, it's you can't best. have it. Well, you can, but how much you got? You got a little money? Let's go, dude. I made. I would make like fifteen hundred dollars a day there, and uh, <laughs> based off the word reserved. Oh, it's great. And and then I got to the point where I realized the people that were coming to these places were like. You know, they were like kind of douchey Hollywood lawyer type guys sure. and things like that. I mean, you just have to say lawyer. We assume douche. Yeah, but so, so and this these, is coming from the son of one. So right. <laughs> I get so, it. So these guys, literally what they would do is you'd see like, you know, hot little Asian girls wearing nothing bikinis walking around. And the lawyers would stick their cards in their bikini strings. So they'd be walking around with all these cards of lawyers sticking on their bikini strings. And the lawyers... And some of the like the Hollywood baller guys, they yeah. would always have. They thought they were Italian or something. They would take their money yeah. and they'd put it in 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 like they roll it in rolls. Okay, and they'd like have a- it sticking out of their pockets. So, I was talking to this one kid I worked with, and he made he used to make so much money. And I was like, dude, how do you make so much money? You know, mm-hmm. I was making good money, but he was killing it. Right. And he goes, I just ask him for it. I was like, what do you mean you just ask him for it? He goes, I just go ask somebody for that money. So I go up and, you know, he was, he was like, yo, man, you just got ass for it, you know? And I was yeah. like, all right, I'll just ask. So I go up so, to this guy. So he was Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I go up to this guy, this lawyer guy that was with all these hot girls around him, you know? And I just, I see the, the roll of money sticking out of his pocket. And I go, hey, I want one of those. And he goes, what? I go, one of those right there. And I point to the roll and he pulls it. He goes, one of these? I go, yeah. He goes, okay, here. And he just peeled off 200 bucks and gave it what? to me. What? I just took it. I was like, great. So I just went around asking people for money because they want to seem like they are they got their ballers and they're important yeah. and money doesn't matter to them. You just ask them, hey, right. can I get 100? Why? Just because I want Cause, that thing, man. Because you're surrounded by puss right now <laughs> yeah. and I know that you that you don't want to look lame. So give me 100 bucks. And that makes them feel powerful to be able just to, to drop to a just couple and it. not think twice about and it. And we both win because the girls around the girls that are hanging around a guy like that, that's why they're hanging around a guy like right, that because they want a guy with money. So that we both win. I get the money. They look good. He gets laid maybe. Who knows? Now, is that, so were you able to make enough? With that pool boy job was in what part of your life? Oh, dude, I was a pool boy from like... 28 till 31 and then when I was a 31 year old pool boy I'm like I am a fucking 31 I was gonna say I thought it was maybe like 15 to 17 I was I I mean it was so bad I had to like I had t-shirts like they made me wear t-shirts that were like a size two two sizes too small of course you know so I had to stay in shape I mean oh they didn't no but they had like you know tennis like 1970s tennis shoes you had to wear pull up oh, your socks God. wear aviator glasses you know you had to play the whole play part. The part yeah you had to play the part have, so have a little zinc on your nose oh, and shit whole, it was so bad so i ended up wearing shirts like i was started fucking with them so i'd start making my own t-shirts you know it's like sexy pool boy or like give me your dough you know all this so you hit 31 and you're like all right i gotta fucking I'm, well the worst is when i'm sitting there as a pool boy and then like you know Comics, my contemporaries, my peers would come in. Like I'd be sitting there serving Elijah Schlesinger and Brett Ernst when they were a couple. Like I'm like, hey, can I get you guys like oh, another oh, slider? So that's when it really got, hit home, and you're right. like, yeah, because you want to be considered on the same. You get yeah. to how many years in the stand-up were you at that point? Let's see. I'm like 15 now, and I'm 37. So that was six. You know, I'm 11 years. In, you know, I had yeah. my own shows. Like I book these guys on my shows. You know. Oh, okay. So now there's a level. Yeah. That's when you're that deep into it, and you're like, I want to be on the same. And, yeah. And I'm touring. I'm a national headliner yeah. at the time. Right. But I'm still doing. A, and then after that job, I would run to the restaurant I worked at, Providence Restaurant, which is a super fancy place, and I stunk. 
because it's 115 degrees by the pool and I'm hustling and sure. pulling chairs out of cabana bedrooms to sell to people for $400. And uh, then I got to go work at this restaurant. So I would just take a shower that was an old apartment complex and I just would run upstairs. No shower curtains, no hot water. And I would just like jump under there and just hose off and then go serve idiots oh, that's ridiculous and and, and and then go out and do stand-up and here's the thing like you said you as a pool boy you can make fifteen hundred dollars in a day but you know that and you're probably making more than a lot of comics are yeah. like you're, you're you're crushing it in terms of the money but you're not going home going wow i i did something i today. did what i wanted to do today. right no you're <laughs> no. like well i uh i handed suntan lotion to a lawyer i uh, yeah. i uh pretended to flirt with a 55 year old divorcee <sighs> this is not the life i want for myself and it's the worst of hollywood there too i mean you see oh, some sure. bands. i went into work one day and there was a, a, a floater in the pool like a person od'd and Shut they were just up. floating in the pool. So not like a turd, like an actual no, dead person. No, there's like a dead turd. And yeah, there's a person floating in the pool. And then, oh, my God. You know, and then you get and then girls from... And that like, night, there's people partying in the same pool that yeah, someone just died they in. They don't know. And, <laughs> Who yeah. cleans up the, the floater? Uh, Bill Murray comes in. He cleans up the floater. <laughs> just, they, the police come. They take it up. They swipe it That's the crazy. But you get to know a lot about like what... A lot of real Hollywood is it like I remember Brad Pitt and Angelina, Angelina Jolie were there, and mm-hmm. when they stayed at that hotel, if they were going to walk from their room to the dining room to eat, they would clear out that entire wing of the hotel, clear out the restaurant just so they could walk and eat dinner together alone. What a lonely, yeah, crazy life. Oh God, that you literally cannot have. Just I mean. It's so weird that, like, when, when when we're on the road doing stand-up, I don't know if you guys do this, but I certainly do, I sometimes just get out of the room and walk just yeah. to get out of the hotel room. Well, otherwise, you're sitting in the room and you're like, I just, can I jerk off for a fifth time? Will my penis <laughs> handle this? Can it take this? And the this answer is, no, it abuse? will not. Because yeah. <laughs> five is too much. Dude, and the, road, and the road is the most lonely, decrepit, horrible place yeah. to be sometimes. People think it's this glamorous life, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times can you watch fucking Everyone Loves Raymond reruns in a day? I was at Well, this how whole- dare you, sir? <laughs> I was at this, and the creepiest shit happens on the road. Like, I was staying, especially if you ever stay, you know, like a, a comedy, a comic's house. You know, or the comic's house or, yeah, or the, you know, a comic con- condo. You know, like comic condo. Con- there was, yeah. a, I did this room in uh, Reno, and, and I brought Mark out, and he had to stay at the, uh, like, apartment, because yeah. I told the guy I wouldn't do that. So he was like, oh, I'll get you a hotel. And I was like, I think you were always get people hotels. He just was trying to see if he could yeah. get away with not doing it. Sure. Celestine prophecy right there. He's yeah. got the power over you. Yeah, for sure. Oh. So if he gives it to you, that means he's being a good guy and you're taking from him percent. and you feel like a shithead. Oh, because then he tried to get me to go with him to like hand out free tickets all around the city like on the days. And, like, that's and not I my did job, it for yeah, an hour one show. day just because I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I want to get out for a minute anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and then, and then I took it upon as like a personal challenge to be like, yeah, let me see if I can just schmooze these people. I'm gonna f-. And also I was like, oh, I feel like he didn't do any promotion. So now I feel like maybe I need to do this. I right. did for about 20 minutes, and then I was like, dude, yeah. fuck this. If there's two people, that's on you. Master yeah. But Mark stayed in the apartment, and uh, and the guy's dog was there, and it was like, Ugh. it was... Uh, he, it's he nasty did. sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Where, I, I went up to uh, Tacoma one time. I was doing a club up in yeah. Tacoma, and uh, I was staying at the comics. Jokers? Jokers? No, no that's I'm, Richland, I'm not, Washington. I'm not, not going to say the club. Okay. Tacoma is uh, is south of Seattle, and it's mm-hmm. getting better. Oh but well, it's... this is this was when it was right next to the um, the meth clinic. Do you remember? Jesus. It moved. It moved uh, a couple of years ago. Comedy, everyone. Yeah. So next to the meth clinic. Well, Tacoma is is has a reputation of not. It's not Seattle. No, I, and that's their slogan. Yeah. We're, not We're not Seattle. Seattle. And with a frowny face. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a meth pipe. So so I get I come off the plane. They're supposed to pick me up. No one's there. Yep. 
And then there's not. Luckily, there's like the nicest comic. I don't know if you know Colin Moulton. Uh, Sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Colin. Colin, great yeah. guy. So he's there. He's like, oh, I'll come get you, man. So he drives like 45 minutes to pick me up, brings me back. He's talking about organic farms and beans he's cooking me. <laughs> nice. so, he's, so I get to the thing. He's like, all right, well, there's your bed there. I open the door. It's, it's a bed with black sheets on it. Like that's oh, the worst that's a color bad, that's a sheet you want yeah. ever. Like it's an '80s uh, Coke video, you know, like <laughs> cocaine. What like where's Kinnison? So there's black sheets on it. The, they hadn't changed the sheets in about four comics. So oh, there's fuck. like stum all over this thing. There's uh, shit all over this, this stuff. Stum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So it's so, not jizz. It's not piss. We don't know what it's it is. stum. So I literally found newspaper. Laid it over the bed. I slept like I was in a coffin the whole time. So then, so then they leave me alone. There's nobody. The 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 guy who even owns the house, he's not there. He's on the road. So I'm all alone there. I got to get to the club myself and all that stuff. So the last night there, I end up like buying. Uh, a, a little bag of pot off the bouncer at the club. Yeah, I go back. By the way, let's just you know t- totally what you do in these situations. Yeah, you you're, find the bouncer. Your opening conversation on the way to the club is about beans. Yeah, you're you're. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm just setting the mood with the black right. with the black bedspread. So like you're at that point, you're like, I need to forget what Everything. is happening right now. Yeah, and I don't care. You don't even do any research about who is getting you this pot, right? No, you find one guy who goes. I know where to get where to get pot. I You're find like, the scummiest looking guy again. Yeah. What's his and, name? Do you remember uh, what he looks like? He was a huge. He was a huge. He was a huge redneck in Tacoma. You know, he yeah. was like you know he had a ponytail that was riding high. It's like why are you riding your ponytail off the top like a valley girl? But fuck it, you're big. I'm yeah. not gonna mess with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eh, 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 eh. So I guess <laughs> let's score some coke, buddy. <laughs> he offered me By that. Way, I was like, I'll stick with the pot. Yeah. Really? He did. By the way, every time Brad pulls up a song that's like appropriate for like what's going on, I'm like, hey, I think you got that off YouTube. But it's no, it's just being pulled from Brad's his iTunes playlist. library. That's my playlist. that's my actual iTunes yeah. library. And I also feel like it's part of his like I don't know, either his like pre shower. I was just gonna say it's his shower mid daily sho- retinue yeah. mix, you know. He's in what? there just, just scrubbing armpits. Or he's jerking off to this. Some guys yeah. put on music and mute the porn. <laughs> yeah. And I think Brad's a mute the porn guy. Yeah. How, do you know me too it's well, Adam? It's the reverse Ray. of American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. And like, and you have no idea how much CK1 I spray on oh myself. Oh, my God. While, while this song's going on. Yeah, you, you go past Tricard Noir into CK1. Damn Maybe right, CKB. <laughs> Yikes. Too soon. So, oh, so check this out. So I so I get, I score like get a, the, pot. The, the worst Mexican brickweed, you know? No, it's yeah. like it's been stepped on, right. and uh, and I go back to the the gross comedy house, and I'm looking for something to smoke out of because I know the guy who lives there smokes. So I'm like rifling through George. I'm like looking for apples, any a can, nothing. I can't find. Isn't anything. it crazy what you will do and what you will su- suggest to your brain to smoke yeah. out of when you're mm-hmm. in that dire of a situation? Oh yeah, copper pipes. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> but not even pipes. You're probably looking at the corner of like a bed, being like, could I just yeah, like maybe I, like poke a hole and like I can that? take the oh, plastic yeah. cover all off that thing. <laughs> So so now I'm rifling through everything. He's got no tin foil. He's got nothing. Oh. So so it, so I end up going I'm like fuck it. I'll go into his room. Maybe he keeps it in his room. So I open up. I open up the top drawer underneath his TV. Mm-hmm. I swear, there is probably a foot and a half long, huge black dildo. 
Yes. Huge black belt with yes. the balls on it and everything. What? With the balls on with it? With the balls. And so I'm like, get the fuck out right. of here, right? I'm like, this is, I got to take a picture of this. Sure. So, obviously. So I'm like, but I'm not going to touch this thing. No. So, no. So I grab a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> so I grab a piece of paper and I wrap it around. And I pull it up. And this thing is like Please heavy. tell me you smoked out of this dildo. I smoked out of, I ca- carved a cornhole <laughs> and I smoked You're out. like, is that a big black bong? Oh, dude. <laughs> is that a dung or a bong? <laughs> Fuck it, bong. It's all right. A dick bong. So a dong. I pull it out. I put it on the table, uh, on the on the bed, and I I flip the you know the piece of paper I'm using. It's it turns out to be the guy's set list that I use. So funny. And on the set list is like jerking. You know his his bullet yeah, points yeah. like jerking off. Which by the way, a comedian set list is always like the funniest grouping of words. Yeah, yeah. It's like pancake titties. Yeah, and it's like all these weird <laughs> things that you're like they Even, give you the you know tell your yeah. brain what to talk about. The, the the only thing that would make that more perfect is on the set list it said big black dildo. Yeah. <laughs> it did. The last thing it said was big black dildo on it. It was the best. I was like get the fuck out of here. So now when you hear that bit you're like it's true. It's true. And and the be- the worst part was is I, as I I put it on the bed and I go to take a picture. I'm looking through my phone and I'm like what what's that on that thing? There was dried crap on oh. the more stum <laughs> on the big black table. I could not I, I didn't I didn't even smoke pot that night I was like if, I'm just gonna get more paranoid I'm yeah. just gonna go to sleep dude no. that's fucking disgusting oh, oh dude another time I was on the road I was doing a triple run you guys ever do triple runs triple runs yeah. never did but I remember I, you uh, were the first person who introduced me to that mm-hmm. and then and then I just never found myself in position but tell people what they are so triple run is like this guy tri- it's, it's kind of one of those things that Comics will cut their teeth on, you know. Yep, you absolutely. start, you do like you, you want a taste of the road, kid. Uh, do, do a triple run, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want a terrible taste of the road, right? <laughs> but it's great because you end up working the worst clubs in the world, terrible bars. I uh, and and you do like you'll go into Washington State, you'll do a gig, do an hour, and they hate you, and then you'll drive eight or ten hours just to do another gig. You just roll in, do that gig. So I'm staying at a band house in this horrible place in like Idaho or something like that. <laughs> And uh, the guy, apparently the guy who, who who uses the band house, he built the stage at the bar, and that's, you know, part of his payment, yeah. it's whatever it was. He okay. owed the money, so he's like, I'll build you the bar, yeah, yeah. and the people can stay at my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the, So I, I pull on, it's behind this industrial neighborhood where there's, like, truck stops and all that shit, you know? And for some reason, Classy. it was a nice day, but as soon as I got to where his house was, instantly overcast, I pull into his driveway, there is a, a, a dead oak tree huge dead oak tree in in front of his lawn with i'm not kidding a coven of ravens are living in the dead oak tree fuck i'm like what the fuck (laughs) i mean this is this is literally something out of like scooby-doo where they're on like a nice sunny path and they turn the corner it's the haunted house with bats flying out of it it's exactly what it was and i was like i'm staying here and i'm alone i'm trying like joyce what are all those ravens doing there (laughs) we gotta stay there we gotta find a black dildo to smoke weed out of (laughs) so i end up i'm like what the fuck is this there's literally a coven of ravens like you couldn't get more scary than that to me at that point and it's like it's getting dark this might be a stupid question what does a raven look like like a like it's a big crow. crow it's a raven you know edgar Guess what? crows are scary enough man yeah but the raven is actually the it's it's pretty much like the bird of death you yeah. know uh o- odin the, the you know then the norse mythology greg odin uh tommy odin yeah um <laughs> you know he lose he takes an eye out of himself to uh for wisdom and okay. and the uh, there's a raven that is his other eye that sees the world but Holy a raven shit. is a is a symbol of of death 
you know, uh, sometimes Grim Reapers, seen with a oh, raven. Oh, shit. It's, okay. It's scary. Yeah. So you know this. Yeah, yeah. No, I was a medieval literature major. Uh, what uh, the fuck? Yeah. Wait, right, oh, we're, we're, put, we're coming put, back to that. Yeah, put a yeah, pin in that. Yeah. So, we're coming or back. Actually, I was focused on that. But so, I, so I, I'm like looking through the windows, and this is like, this house is dirty, like my cousin Vinny. Like, you saw through that window, you know? Yeah. So there's like barnacles on the window, but there's no ocean anywhere. It's okay, Brad's just, pulling up pictures of ravens. Yeah, they're yeah scary. it's a terrifying bird. Terrifying yeah. bird, and they're big, and they go, ah! They're mm-hmm. crazy. So they start calling when I come. I start looking through the windows, because I'm like, who is this guy I'm staying with? I, I... I just open. I don't know why I didn't knock, but I just opened the door. I just uh, like because I was freaked out. And I was doing that creep in. I, I swear to God, this guy is the apartment sparse. He's got a couch from like 1983 on there, you know. And uh, and and I look and he's making noises. I'm like, what the fuck noises are going on? This? And I hear a TV and like grunting. So I look in. This there's an old man about 70 years old. He's jerking off on the couch with his legs sprawled out on the coffee table. He's doing like the layback. I, I, this is real. This happened. He's laying, doing the layback with his feet up on the, on the coffee table. And he's watching Jeopardy. He was watching the Golden Girls. He was jerking off to like Get fucking Blanche. Fuck. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's, and then I'm like, hello. And he's like, oh, and he, he jumps up and he bounces into the kitchen. And he comes, and then like three minutes, I just hear jingling belt buckles and shit like that. He comes back out with a cup of coffee. Like he went, like nothing was happening like, like you weren't jerking yeah, off to yeah, blanche that's right. dude that's a classic sitcom move yeah. by the way get uh-huh. caught bumbling uh-huh. whoa, and then walk out and then because yeah. there should have been a candle after as so he walked out going oh hi uh i was just doing the dishes and oh, then yeah. goes, ha, 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 ha. Oh, he was actually jerking it wait so legs were up in the air they, no they were on the coffee table you know like he's doing a oh, layback yeah. wow he's like i'm getting comfy i'm alone hey, i've man. got barnacles on my windows and a cover a coven of ravens that are protecting my house <laughs> no one's coming in unannounced <laughs> i'm protected by the grin reaper and odin right now the norse god of you know whatever i am just curious had he jerked off the golden girls before because maybe maybe you know, this was a moment where he was like, I'm finally like with the Ravens and everything else that that house presented that was not conducive to a stranger coming right. in. Uh, like maybe like what other shows you think he was? Jer- well, maybe that was his like masturbatory Rudy. You know, like every time Rudy's on, you're like, well, I'm watching Rudy well, I'm now. Watching Rudy, yeah. But maybe he was like walking and he's going to like, oh, the guy's going to be here in a sec. Fucking Blanche. Oh, oh man. Uh, well, I've got time. to. Yeah. I've, well, this is going to happen. I mean, it'd be rude not to. It yeah. would be rude not to. And, the, and, and I, I just imagine him, like, looking at you, trying to justify, like, hey, Golden Girls was on. Oh, yeah. Like, what was I supposed to do? What not jerk off? <laughs> right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's not even an option. So I ended up Holy sleeping. Crap. I, he had a bed set up for me and everything, and the pa- the sheets were like sandpaper. So I just How nervous up, you to touch that bed now? Uh, I ended up literally taking the cover sheet, putting it on the couch, again sleeping like I'm a vampire in a, in, a, in a coffin. And I got up at 5 in the morning, and I went to Starbucks. I stayed at Starbucks <laughs> from 6 in the morning. Till seven at night when the gig had to go. I didn't leave Starbucks. I'm eating the Are shitty right? egg salad sandwiches. You I, had every many, meal there. How many parfaits can I have? The protein platters? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I hate Day it. The, you saw like six different shift changes oh, of baristas. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please tell me that when you finally ended the gig and you shook the guy's hand and said your goodbyes, you said, hey, bro. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... And then he like instantly gets an erection. He's like, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, it's all right. Ah, yeah, good, good, it's good. not supposed to happen this yeah. way. Uh, it's a Pavlovian <laughs> erection right there. Yeah. So does an experience like that make you... I mean, because that, that was my um, apprehension in getting involved with the Trouble Room was stories like that. 
Well, um, now I have a story like that. Yeah, yeah. and it is a great story. I but mean, I was frightened. But you have to sure. love, for those of you listening, if you're a young comic, like that's the type of shit that you, I don't want to say have to go through, but I mean, I feel like you, because there's a lot of young comics I know that are out here right now that are spoiled with only doing great rooms. You know, yeah. they do stay, they somehow have gotten their way onto uh, an occasional Laugh Factory show or yeah. hosting the improv, and they only do that. And I'm like, man, I hope you're doing, whether it's open mics out here, or driving to Santa Barbara for eight minutes on some weird bar show. Yeah. Like, that yeah. type of shit, because you got to... Well, yeah, that made like, you stronger. You came back to L.A. probably being like, Oh, dude, I, I'm so pumped to do this open yeah. mic or, run, or do this room where there's... Because that's... You're, you're fighting. You know, you're fighting up there. And you have to do an hour. And sometimes you're at a casino, you know, a shitty, shitty casino... Where, you know, you end up doing crowd work for 25 minutes straight, sure. you know, and that's Just the only thing that works. Out of straight necessity. Because so, you got you to compete with ding, 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 oh, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding. And also, it teaches you, like, it also taught me your perception, the, how people perceive you. Like, when I am in L.A., I wear clothes that typically fit me or mm-hmm. that are kind of nice, you know? <laughs> but I, I so, so I went on the road, first couple triples, I, first triple I run I did, I, I went to this horrible place. I'm wearing, like, you know, jeans I would wear and a T-shirt I would wear. I'm like, I'm casual. Mm-hmm. The whole time, I was people were just yelling, fag, you know? I'm like, no why? Like, yeah, why don't you wear a tighter shirt, dude? I'm wearing a shirt that no, fits me normal. I don't wear tight, tight wow, shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? If, but for if, them, that is. Oh, yeah. It's, wow. It was the worst. Did you you adjust? Do you cater to that eventually? Do you start wearing, like, baggy flannels? Dude, just... now, now when I go do those rooms, I, I wear a flannel. I wear some beat-up jeans, you know? And, and I'm one of you. Well, it's <laughs> weird, because you just don't want them to, You want them to hear your material, right? It you does know? make, and that's why I've always been, like, uh, when I first started, my mom was like, wear a suit on stage. Some of these people, like, be nice and presentable. I'm like... You know, and I still don't feel like I'm uh, dress. Inc- I mean, sometimes I'll wear you know maybe a nicer sweater or something. But I'm always His very nicest pair of purple pants. But I'm not. Hey, I miss those purple pants. <laughs> I love Rest the way you dress. To me, thank you. you. But I feel like I'm, I'm dressing appropriately to what I am on stage. Yeah. You know, and for a while when I was wearing backwards hats and like baggy t-shirts and shit, and and then Bobby Lee and Brian Cowan were like, "Hey man, you got great hair. Stop wearing that fucking hat." Yeah. And I was like, all right. And they're like, it looks like a frat guy. Like, you maybe were a frat guy. You don't talk about it. But that's, it it definitely opened me up to the idea that, like, people do judge immediately what you look like up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then there's the other thing where when you're first starting, there's so much insecurity that that you kind of do cater. And now, you know, I'm getting to the point where now, like, I, I know what my voice is. I know what my act is. I know my through lines and my opinions on stuff. So... Now I'm just going to be me yeah. wherever I am because I'm confident enough for that, yeah. you know? And when people see that you're, you know, audiences are empathetic. Yeah. If you're nervous, they're nervous for you, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? But if you're up there like, I'm fine, stick with me, then they can relax a yeah, little bit, you sure. know? And, and so once... Did you read I that think, in that book? No. <laughs> <laughs> but once you get to the point where you're, you're like, this is me, this is my act, I know what's good... You know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you can be what you want to be. But I think in the beginning, everyone tries to be what people want them to be just right. so they can get a leg up. Oh, for sure. And that's, I mean, and you're doing jokes of, you know, uh, what what sounds funny or you're emulating what you like because you have no point of view yet. Right. Like when you start, you started in upstate New York? 
started well i started in virginia doing college i almost got kicked out of college for my first time i did stand up and then i went what? to bought yeah it's a whole thing um, you have so many college stories i uh, my college was it's like the small school but the crazy shit happened so i almost got well, kicked virginia, out of college well it's virginia that's pretty yeah. enough said so and then i went to boston because i thought boston was like you know it's when the when the documentary came out when comedy when comedy oh, yeah. stood up you know yeah, and, and i thought it was the mecca stood, stood out stood yeah up. i thought it was the mecca of comedy i get there Everyone had moved to New York or oh, like, it's no longer, but it taught you to like, taught you to, they're big into joke writing in Boston, you know, mm-hmm. like witty joke writing and stuff like that. And then, and, and you move to LA and as soon as people smell a pre-written joke, I feel like they're like, <laughs> next, you yeah. thought of that already. <laughs> like, well, that's what this is, you thought dude. Of that yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have to balance like that, that, that thing between written jokes and just being off the cuff and personality making right. it look. Well, there's so many different, uh, um, I don't know, uh, flavors of comedy now, too, that it's like people are almost getting too many different flavors to where they're like, I don't know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> what was Virginia? So Virginia was for college. but Vir- you Virginia was for college. And what college was that? Mary Washington College. And they had a major of... Mary Washington. Yeah, it was a... Middle Ages symbolism. What the hell was How your you major? you almost get kicked out of Mary Washington <laughs> College? So I was a business major in, <laughs> okay. in, in college because I, play, I played baseball. So everybody on the, on the That's team... That's right. I went and to you college were dope. baseball. I was pretty good. Yeah. I was, Don't be humble. I was good. Yeah. I was, there you go. That's you know, awesome. All this and that and whatever. Because, hey, man, there's not very many comics that we know that were athletically Yeah, I mean, I stellar. went... I, went mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to be a, a baseball player. Coming out of high school... Uh, I was in collegiate uh, baseball magazines, top blue chip prospects in the country. You know, what? I played and yeah, we won base state. Base state games is a big thing in in Massachusetts. It's like okay. your state games, but it's huge there. It's like the biggest scouts in the in the country are there. You know, I went to the biggest uh, scouted camps. You know, I, I had a lot of D one scouts. You were scouts. destined to be uh, opened in a package next to some bubble gum. R- exactly. That's what <laughs> I wanted. You were like Fleer Ultra. Here I come. Yeah. So <laughs> so I go to college to play baseball and um and and you know but I was always like a funny guy. I was always dicking around. I was going to ask because every comic at some point was either like storyteller or mimicked friend did impressions yeah. or I would always yeah, fuck something. with my coach like you know mm-hmm. one time he was he, you know he was a mean bastard I mean he was a mean son he was, nobody I stuck loved, up to him oh uh, you couldn't and he he was he was this little tiny five six little pit bull oh, guy God. and he had uh, one I hate, eye I, that I hate looked, short fuckers oh fuck this guy. I know <laughs> fucking short <laughs> assholes anybody below six feet has a problem <laughs> exactly kill like, them all he what? had one eye that was that stayed a little bit more closed than the other and they were two different colors and it looked the, the other way he was Holy just a shit! Man. That's not fair. He and, looks like he's a character of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, and I didn't like that. I don't like that kind of those guys that are like intimidating. <laughs> I don't like little, those kind of half-eyed. People. I don't like those fucking squinty. <laughs> no. And so you know, I would always fuck with him. He like one time he 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 had us all around. And he goes, you know what? We got the conference title coming up here, and I don't want to hear any of you fucking assholes coming in, calling, saying I can't make practice because I got the fucking sniffles. So that night, I called his office, left a message saying I was my roommate at the time, who was our catcher. I was like, "Hey, coach, this is Brad. Um, I got a wicked case of the sniffles, and I'm not going to make any practice tomorrow." So funny. And so I come into practice the next day, and he goes, "Monopark, get the fuck out of here!" You knew it was me. Yeah, yeah. So he sent me home, and then there was a doubleheader. We lost the first game, and in between, I was like making the, our whole dugout laugh and he right. goes you know Monopar you want to be a fucking clown go be a fucking clown so I went and said okay I'll be a fucking clown nice thanks so I started coach doing yeah. St- yeah I was like thank you I'll do that so I started doing stand up dude isn't that crazy he's somewhat responsible yeah and he I and, and he was responsible for me hating like I used to love baseball I used to sleep with my glove on a pedestal next to my bed 
I would wow. smell it before I went to bed. I was crazy about baseball. Oh, now shit. I don't even know who's. Pl- I don't know anything. I don't know who's playing on what team. I don't, Phil Plantier is the last guy I knew. <laughs> Phil Plantier. Give me some Carlos Quintana. Fred McGriff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, McGriff. I had so many McGriff cards. Who are your, my who are your favorite players? Mike Greenwell. Nice. Loved Greenwell with the Boston t- Red the Sox. Third thing. baseman. Yeah, he McGriff. Was the best. Uh, yeah. I like Oh, my luscious Mova. Luscious. Oh, jeez. All right. That's, he, well, he's like got an unhealthy if you put relationship a wig on him, on. he could be like uh, an SNL. He would be one of the... Uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's like... Who's the guy who came after uh, Tracy Morgan? <laughs> Keenan Thompson. There we go. Yeah, Keenan play. Thompson could probably do a great Mova. He could do a great Mova. <laughs> I almost went to Providence College because he went. He went to or Providence University because he went to Providence. So, so you thought, was, well, I gotta do the same life path as yeah. Mo Vaughn. And I played in the basic games. He did. You know, it was a big. Wow. It, was, it was awesome. And, and like, so literally, you you have people telling you that you have the chance to be a pro baseball player, and this coach just made you go, nah. Well, I ended up hurting myself, and I ended up. He sort of sort of disenfranchised my love for baseball and mm-hmm. so I started partying more and my life became more about making people laugh and having fun and right. getting girls and doing all that stuff so I started doing stand-up comedy I'll tell this real quick I told it on another podcast but I'll tell you guys right. um, so my first so my I first time I ever did stand-up was in fourth grade um, my teacher I was such a little annoying you know i was like a loud kid yeah and i was sure. always wisecracking so she she's like jay if you just be quiet i'll let you do i'll let you do a routine okay. so so i wrote i was big into bill cosby himself was like that and louis anderson live at the guthrie my yep. two my two favorites and uh so i wrote a this, I wrote this a, is b this is bill cosby br before rape before rape yeah, yeah okay well okay. no during well but, during but before we knew about it okay bkr before knowledge of rape <laughs> um <laughs> so I wrote a thing called Jay Monopar himself, and okay. uh, I did like three skits in front of my class, and Holy then shit. that went well, so I was a little hustler then, so I started writing, uh, I, I transcribed it, and I sold it to my classmates for a buck each, my transcribed version Look of my thing. you fucking And then hustler. I started doing like Weird Al Yankovic, uh, my teacher let me take me and a bunch of friends, and I could go do, uh, like, I could do whole choreographed Weird Al Yankovic, I did Fat, Weird yeah. Al Yankovic, Fat is a bad song, you know, mm-hmm. and so we got the whole... Um, the whole like two classes grades together so it's like you know a hundred and something kids and uh we'd bring me to the auditorium we'd perform it in the middle of the day we'd do it and then just go back to class holy shit so i kind of knew that if it was either baseball or stand-up i wanted to do but baseball was like i was running with it i ended up hurting myself and uh i just realized it was just too too difficult you have to be i mean once an injury comes on it's just like all right am i gonna go through the rehab and then and i did the rehabs i went from having a major league average arm i threw 85 from a standstill Yeah, you got it. Of course I got it. You think I've got Weird Al? Yeah, that's what you masturbate to when you listen to the Golden Girls. (laughs) I'm too much man for you to take. (laughs) So so, uh, in college, so at one point I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do stand-up. I got to do this. And you know how frightening that is. Terrifying. Terrifying. So so I Because making your friends laugh is not the same. Anyone, because you hear it all the time, people be like, uh, my buddy Jake should do stand-up, man, because he's yeah. so funny at parties. Right. And you know what? Sometimes that guy does translate to the stage, but, but like, sometimes man, it's definitely not. It's a completely different beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and and then there's this expectation of you, you know, to be good. There's so, no pressure when you're at a party in a circle. No, if, you, you're if fine. you tell a great story, people let's go are like, say, oh. yeah, let's go yeah. see Jay. He's the funny guy. Yeah. And now so, everyone knows he's so the funny guy. We go down to this place called the Underground, which is this little little. Um, it's like a cafe, you know, in, mm-hmm. in our school and. Uh, 
all my friends pack. I it's mean, like the it, Max. It's the it is the Max. Yeah, <laughs> every college has one. The, the Peach yeah, Pit. The Peach Pit. We had the um, Commons at USC. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. How bad did you want to hang out at the Peach Pit? Are by you the way, kidding me? I almost. I. I with, that's what I name every girlfriend's vagina. The Peach Pit. <laughs> nice. Um, Shame on everybody. <laughs> uh, Andrea Zucker, right? <laughs> Fucking Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Well, she ended up being on nine hundred two and all. Yeah. She's always Kelly Kapowski. It's all the exactly. same world, my friend. Sure. It's all the same world. So, yeah, 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 yeah. The kids from 90210 hang out with Saved by the Bell, and, yeah. and, and they all ball with the kids from the Family Matters. Oh, you know they're hanging out. Exactly. You know, they have to. They're eating uh, fucking guacamole cheese dip together. <laughs> so, uh, so, I, I, so I'm like, okay, I'll do this. So I signed up for an open mic, which is actually a poetry open mic. Nice. I end up doing a parody of a poem, of a Langston Hughes poem. I didn't realize that this Langston Hughes poem was like a, a very, it's a seminal piece of work for the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, so it's, the, it's when, when Harlem Renaissance literature and um, African-American voices are starting to become well-known. And this guy was sort of the vanguard in that movement. Yeah. But I was in class and I just heard, and the thing was called, What Happens to a Dream Deferred? It was called The Dream Deferred. But in my head, my associative ridiculous brain, I go, what happens to farts when they're deferred? Like, where do they go? So I wrote a whole Great question. poem <laughs> called What Happens to a Fart Deferred? And I read that, you know, after, after, after like, people are doing these pouring their hearts out right. poems, like, I'm the bird and the bird is dead and I'm the black raven, you know. A lot of snaps, yeah. 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 So I do my thing and then I... I've lots of bongos, to, lots been, of bongos. I've been listening to so much Martin Lawrence and, um, uh, and Damon Waynes and mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. So my world became, like, sort of like... Uh, Black comedy, you know, at oh, the time, man. and I'm just looking for anything that I think is funny. You have right. no stories, you have nothing. No. There. It's just what is funny. I gotta say. It. Yes. So then I start doing uh, bits about like, you know, uh, that black white people perpetuate the myth of the black cock. You know, that was a bit I had because <laughs> it's a college campus too. You know, I'm giving sure. examples, and then, uh, you know, then I end up doing a bit about Body by Jake, the uh, you know the workout video. Yes. Body by Jake. Oh, we all know those infomercials. Yeah. So you know, they'd be on all the time. So I remember I I, I realized there was they'd always shoot him in Malibu, like overlooking yeah. the the ocean. Oh, yeah. Right. And this guy had been doing this for like five years, and always there was this heavy. Uh, African American guy in the background, and he'd been on every video, everyone I see, and the fucking guy never lost a goddamn pound. He's the fucking fat, still fat, you know, but it, he just happened to be African American. So I was like, and then there's this fat black guy back there, and then that for some reason that went over the like there was a college, there was one of the professors from the English department in the audience, and he stands up and goes, "This is really fucking offensive, man, really fucking offensive." And then I'm up there like. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I got yeah. really, you know, it, it shattered. You don't me. know how to handle a heckler or sure. crowd. Do and crowd work at this no, point? No, I don't Alone know anything. A, I'm just trying professor to. No, I'm just throwing professor. spaghetti at a wall to see what sticks, you know. Yeah. And then one of my racist uh, spaghetti. Racist, <laughs> but I, it, but none of it. It wasn't. Ra- that's not racist. No, he was a not. white guy. It he was heard fat. fat black guy. Yeah. And it sounded that's very negative. Yeah, yeah, and I just have. I didn't realize what this poem was about that I did a parody on. You know, it all kind of accumulated. It was like this catastrophic failure. I got laughs though. I did get laughs. By the way, it's uh, February, so happy Black History yeah, Month, right. everybody. <laughs> oh, so, so of course, this guy goes really fucking offensive, man. And and one of my wow. friends stands up, who's a big Southern dude, and he goes, "That's because you got a small dick, motherfucker." <laughs> and uh, to a professor, <laughs> you know. Oh God. So then the place gets Jerry. in an uproar, and <laughs> and it clears out. And there's still half the open mic to go, but the place yeah. clears out because most of them are my friends. They don't give a shit anymore no. about this. Right. So then, so then, you know, the next day, uh, one of the the girl who was running the whole event, she sends out an email to everybody 
on campus from the janitors all the way up to the president of the school. Everybody, and this is not internet, this is intranet, so everything's confined right. to the server. So so you could, this was back in the days where you could literally just go all school, like all school. click a box. Mm-hmm. Exactly, nuts. and that's what she did. So she sent it out. I get this email from her. I'm like, oh, gee, oh, shit. And she's calling me racist. Jay Monopar should be kicked out of school. Whoa. He should be, he should, Holy people fuck. like this are what make this school a terrible place to be. There's still racism down here. It's a pretty white school, too. And so his t shirts are way too tight for his body. <laughs> he should be wearing more flannel. Yeah, Who does he think he is? Yeah. To the- so then, you know, I don't respond, but. Next thing you know, it's a conflagration of emails back and right. forth. Oh, no. You know, you know, and then people threatening me. If I see him on campus, I'm going to fuck him up. Literally, I will fuck him up. So I had to start walking. And then my friends are responding to these people. Right. So what ended up happening, it became so many emails. I was going to say, the more it's perpetuated, it the, got the bigger crazy. of an issue it becomes. Yeah. So, so what ended up happening, and this is absolutely true, the server slowed down on campus from all of the, the craziness. <laughs> It really, was that like Jay Monopar's racist spaghetti broke the uh, internet? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then I'm in the middle of a linguistics class, and after the class, this guy comes in. He goes, "I'm a photographer for you know the school newspaper, the Bullet. I want to take a picture of you. We're going to be doing an article on you." So I had happened to have a, a copy of Mark Twain, Huck Finn, on me, and I thought it would be funny, like because oh, what I was doing was I was like I thought that it was ironic that they were taking what I was saying right. and being racist. Twain was the same way. They, right. you know, they 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 misunderstood what he was saying. Exactly. Exactly. So I, it's I, also ironic that he works for a paper that's named after the thing people want to put through right. you. <laughs> yeah. So I end up taking well the Mark Twain book, turning it upside down, putting it right under my head, and doing this big smile like, "Oh ah. man, yeah." So oh, the article comes out. Lo- local, col- you know, local college guy is racist or whatever, and it, and they crop the picture, so it just shows a big picture of me smiling, the shit-eating grin without the book underneath it. Oh, so that's now the whole joke. Like, yeah, I know. So now I look like a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, yeah, fuck you, black people. Yeah, you know, fuck like, you, black people. Should have uh, been the title. So, so then, <laughs> and and then I find out later that uh, the kid, I I just refound the article in in my uh, oh, in my yeah. little collection of you know the oh, sentimental keepers. Oh, because of course and, you saved and, it. And and I look at it. And I see who wrote it. Mark Agee wrote it. Do you know Mark? Yes. Mark, Mark he's a comic now. Yes. He started in Texas at the improvs out there. So now no he lives in LA. Shit. He wrote the thing. I was, and so I ran into him in Los Angeles. I'm like, you motherfucker. You wrote the, you, you, you almost got me kicked my... out of school. Yeah. So then this, and so then after that, this hits. Now I'm a pariah on campus. Sure. I can't talk to, I'm at parties. You know, we had the biggest party house in the thing. Every girl that comes up to me is like, "Oh, you're the racist." Oh, so I have to, ba- I have to climb out of this hole oh, to God. even like make out with somebody. At and this then point, you know? I'm sure you have guys coming up to you like, "Hey, man, I really like what you said. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree. We should kill all them darkies." You're like, "I never said yeah. that shit." It's just crazy. I had to, wa- I had to start walking around campus with. Uh, I would sometimes have a couple friends walk with me that yeah. were huge, Are you, you know, like sausage finger redneck guys, you know, uh-huh. and just because I, I, there was, I could have gotten beat up. I was getting threatened all the time. Then the president of the college calls me and says, you know, we, we, um, we, I heard about this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to look into this. We have to investigate this thing. You know, this, this, so I end up now, my parents call me, what did you say? What? They don't, you know, they don't hear my side. They just no, like, of course. what the fuck did you say? They're crazy. I'm like, I didn't say What anything. have you done to the Monopar family oh, name? <laughs> and I've recorded this too. So I still have this whole night recorded on a little dictaphone. That's I have incredible. So, so the college, you know, the, the, he's like, I heard you have this and that, you know, we're going to look into this. So now I'm freaked out. 
Mm-hmm. I, st- I don't respond to anything. Then I find out uh, from um, one of the administrators there that they're going to now have a race relations forum on campus at the auditorium where they're bringing down delegates from Washington, D.C. because it was 40 minutes south of D.C. <laughs> they're bringing in delegates. The NAACP came. They, oh, like, my God. I'm not kidding. And they had a panel. Martin Luther dis- King Jr. Jr. Yeah, came. He, <laughs> his second cousin twice removed was there. Uh, Marlon Wayans the was there. The cast of The Color Purple yeah, was there. Right. Sure. Dan- Oprah showed up. Danny Oprah. Glover. Yeah, Glover's there, and he just said, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> so they had, and they wanted me to be on the panel. Oh, God. And so the auditorium it, it uh, got completely full. 3,000 people. We need you to, to be thing. on the panel supporting racism. Yeah, Wait, right. what? I'm like, I'm, so I'm like, no, they're no. going to just be throwing cabbage and shit at me the whole time. So yeah. I don't respond to that. Uh, and and then I ended up having to get a lawyer. Um, what and, the fuck? And, and so uh, it ended up. Kind of just going the the you know the president. I got an email from the president saying we looked into this matter. It seems that you actually weren't you know we're going to let this go. We're going to no drop shit. this and um and so then I started doing the same doing my act down in Richmond, Virginia. The the ironic thing was Richmond, Virginia is uh it's it's kind of a non gentrified place. You right. know it's, mm-hmm. it's um, I've been so, I've been to the Richmond funny bone Richmond, many yeah. times. You know so so the, the ironic thing is I'm driving down to Richmond with a car full of my buddies to do this uh, open mic at a music open mic thing, and we pull up to this corner and there's this group of uh like. African American teenagers sitting there. Mm-hmm. They start throwing rocks at my car right before I get to the gig. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! It's, here it is again. How do they they haven't even heard anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, Holy crap! Yeah, so I did the gig there, and then I they loved it, you know, because it's the people at the bar it was like O'Brien's, you know, it's this Irish place. They're like, fuck yeah, man! There you were, that guy's small. Yeah. He's got some good ideas, dude. And then the worst part is. The next year, I transferred from being a business major to an English major. So, mm-hmm. all the English department hates me. You know, right. all the kids, everybody in it, they hate me because I have this reputation. And this this professor was an English professor that oh. did these things. So, now I got to go into the lion's den. I become an English major. I had to complete an entire degree in a year and a half. And oh, uh, every class I was in, they're all just like, they gave me the... You know, yeah, the, up and down. Low. Now, mm-hmm. how much of that can you just like take? And and I mean, you have to have a, pe- a pep talk with yourself, where you're like, "All right, dude, you know how uh, uh, tough of a situation you're putting yourself into, but if you fucking get through this, oh man, yeah. incre- I mean, what I I you know not, I know a lot of comics, and I've never heard anybody's first time doing stand up be that aggressively ridiculous Dude, to cause a whole like uh, like uh, a meeting uproar. on race yeah. in, in, in the school oh yeah and, and it's uh, like i was just trying to tell fucking jokes right but you know what it, it gave me it at that time i was like you know what i'm gonna someday these motherfuckers are gonna pay me to headline this college that is mm-hmm. my goal that is my dream yeah. for them to pay me to headline so i did NACA 2010 Mary mm-hmm. Washington booked me. I headlined there. I did an hour and thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. and at the end, dropped forty-seven end bombs. Yeah, and at the end, of the, <laughs> at the end of my set, I told that story I just told you guys, yeah. and everyone in the whole place cheered out. Fuck Watkins. That was the professor. Yeah, I, was like, wow. I, I had everyone give me a big everyone. Fuck Watkins. Everyone's like, fuck Watkins. How amazing was that? And and but after that, you know, you're like, you go for this goal, and then I was like, well, maybe I'm done with comedy. 
I achieved my goal. <laughs> yeah, man. I went through a lull. I was like, "That's I've been going I, for this one thing my whole got life." Got a couple thousand people to chant "Fuck Watkins." Yeah. How 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 could I top this? Oh, and the best part about it was, so I became friends with one of my English professors. She was an awesome. The reason I became a medieval lit uh, focus is because this one professor, uh, Kennedy, or Professor Kennedy. This woman was a genius. She could quote any line from any page of any uh, you know arcane script okay after class she'd be like come on back in my office she became my my buddy mm-hmm. and we used to sit in her office and drink bushmills and fucking shit on everybody in the english department and she wow. told me she goes you know what jay as a result of that thing that Watkins did you know that that thing that happened with your stand-up he didn't get a raise the next year so he got fucked for starting this whole thing. He didn't get a raise. I got rebooked to do the college and headline. Wow. Life was good. And I performed on the same stage I saw Run DMC and Beck. <laughs> well, that's done, sir. That, dude, that's, that's an ABC family movie waiting to happen. No kidding. <laughs> Mario right? Lopez in <laughs> Fuck Watkins. No, it's an NBC diversity uh, yeah, made right. for TV waiting to happen. Uh, now, you say she could quote anything. I'm very curious about that because, I mean, now, was, I mean, like. Beowulf, you know, uh, the uh, Canterbury yeah, Tales, Cam- the one all that, that stuff. Wait, do I still know the beginning of the. Prologue, the one that I played with oh, the shortest. You, know, you know this. Yeah. Oh, people think that that literature was so high, high brow. Yeah. His stories, I one of it. them, one of them is uh, a, a, a guy um, is uh, a woman or a guy wants to go be with another woman's wife and he goes to climb up the window and the husband sticks his head out the his butt out the window and farts in the guy's face when he gets to the top. Like that, that's high brow. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's fucking Chaucer. So, I'm not going to pretend like I can. Like quote Chaucer with no, me. Like, I can't. I can't but, quote Chaucer. Oh, okay, good. All right. Would no. she ever just be sitting there and, and throw you for a complete loop and be like, "Feel the rhythm, feel the <laughs> rhythm, get oh. on up." It's bobsled time. The best part about that is night, I'm Jay. friends with Dolly uh, with uh yeah. Raleigh. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, who's uh, a comic? Yeah, he's a comic. And a commercial casting director, right? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, which is the weirdest thing. I'm crazy he's casting. I'm like, you're. Cool he plays um, um the egg guy. He's kisses the egg, right? No, no, no. He plays um the rich kid. junior. Yeah, Junior, right, right, yeah. yeah the rich Junior kid, yeah, Bebo. Yeah, yeah who, who looks in the mirror and he goes, uh, um, uh, I got pride. I got power. I'm a badass mother who don't take no crap about nobody. Oh, yeah. Once again, Junior. I got pride. Yeah. I got power. I love that. Yeah. That's That was the original, um, you're good enough. You're smart enough. <laughs> totally. Gosh, Donna, totally. That movie. Uh, Amazing movie. Unbelievable. I Made me, I'll, I'll still cry watching it. Dude, the sure. worst. Isn't it the terrible thing when you, when you, a movie you grew up and you loved mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. you watch it now and it's, it's like you go on Rotten Tomatoes and you're like, a zero? Oh, really? I, dude, my favorite 7%? movie. Seven percent. How could Shanghai Nights dude. be so misleading? I, I love that. Oh, yeah, dude. I saw it three times in the theater. Oh, dude, my favorite. Still movie haven't seen uh, f- fucking uh, Lord of the Rings, but I've seen no, Shanghai, Shanghai Nights. Nights three dude, times. My I mean, that's movie, all you need. Favorite movie growing up was Johnny B. Good with Anthony Michael Hall, wow. uh, Uma Thurman, and good, uh, Robert good, Downey Jr. One good pull. I love it. So the other day I was Robert like, Downey Jr. Pre drugs. Pre drugs. That's how old it yeah, is. Yeah, but playing like he was on drugs. Right. So I went to like Amoeba the other day. I was like, I gotta get me some. Johnny B. Good. I need some Johnny B. Good in my life. <laughs> good move. Uh, so That's I what go, Amoeba's great for. They've oh, got yeah. everything. So they had a double feature, Johnny B. Good and Youngblood with Rob. With, you know, do you remember that movie? Two, the please. Yeah, yes. right. So I get them both. I come, I pop in. I'm like, honey, this is the best movie ever. She's like watching. She's like, 
this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. And then she pulls up Rotten Tomatoes, zero on it. Zero. <laughs> zero percent for the, the movie that shaped your childhood. Oh, yeah. And then I was performing at the improv, and I look in the back row, Anthony Michael Hall's there. I call him Sir Anthony Michael Hall. Of course. As you should. And he's back there, and I just for him, I yell out a quote from the movie. I'm like, who wants to see, who wants to get a mean on, son? Who wants to get a mean on? And oh I see him go, God. Yeah. Just nodding enthusiastically. He came up to me after the show. I, I was like, you got of that, that line. Right? Goes, yeah, I fucking got that. Good That's for you. Fucking okay, awesome. you, you know what? Um, you just sparked something in me, and we've never done this before on the podcast, and oh, I'm just, and I didn't even clear with Adam. So fuck it. But I think it's a good idea. Uh, if you're gonna play the ending of Cool Runnings, I'm gonna cry right now. No, yeah. four black dudes holding a bombsight <laughs> with John Candy on the sidelines going, oh, "I'm Uncle Buck someday." Uh, yeah. You know that was. Should have seen the toast. I couldn't <laughs> even get it through the door. <laughs> you're you're gonna say uh, uh, a movie from your childhood that you loved that okay. sh- that shaped your childhood. I got Rotten Tomatoes pulled up right now. Okay, and, that's a great and, game. And we'll and and we'll try to see. Now I know Corolla does the Rotten Tomatoes game. We're not gonna do a competition of it. We were we're just gonna see if you can guess what our Movies from our childhood, what they are okay. on, on. So on we're guessing tomatoes. the percentage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already know Johnny Be Good is a zero. Okay. I don't so even understand. I know. If you have something before me, Rookie of the Year. Rookie oh, of the Year. I just oh. watched that the other day. It was on TV. Fucking Rookie of the Year. Did he say Funky Butt Loving? <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest movie quotes of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Busey uh, as an alcoholic. Gary picture. Busey before Gary Busey became really Gary Busey. I know. Where he was like, oh, he was great. Yeah. Daniel Stern. Come we on, had dude. we 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 oh, had we had so, so many like good kid baseball movies. Yeah. We had Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. Little uh, Big League. We had, fuck, little, yeah, Little Big. That to League. me is one of the best because well, uh, just because it's like every kid would love to own a team. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he's sitting there. Oh, the worst. He's and his buddies there, like, are giving him shit. Gum on the sides, and he's telling these adults yeah. what to do. I love those scenes when the buddies were like, "You never have time to hang out." I was like, "Shut the fuck he's up!" He's running a dude. fucking baseball yeah. Yeah, team. Man. Also, you get free tickets and sit in the box and get to play on the field, man. Yeah. Shut oh, up. and if it, my friend was mopey like that, I'd be like, "Get the fuck out of yeah. here!" Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kidding me? Give right. me your bike. All right. Rookie of the Year, 1993. Boom. Starring. Vanilla Ice over Ian, Ian uh, Thomas. Don't, don't Thomas Ian Nichols. Thomas Ian Nichols. What? Gary <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> Daniel Stern. Uh, Daniel Stern. Uh, some woman named Amy Morton. Yeah, that was the mom. Yeah, that was the mom. All right, you guys. flashcards? <laughs> Holy shit. So what... What do what do you think? Twenty three percent. Twenty three percent says says you. I'm gonna say I'm locked th- in. I'm gonna say sixty nine percent. Sixty nine percent. What do you got? Thirty nine percent. Boom. Oh, I, I didn't feels, go over. You went over. Can huh, I be man? honest? That feels terrible. Okay. And I, that sucks because that because that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, well, was Rotten great. Tomatoes wasn't born in the nineties. No. You also, know? Right. sometimes they do like a ninety nine percent, and you watch it's like. Kill me. Yeah. yeah. I want to die. You're like, really? 99% for Sophie's Choice? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, ready? This one's going to be pretty arcane. Okay. okay. This is probably one of my top fives growing up. Okay. Disorderlies, it was the Fat Boys what? made a movie. Do you guys remember the Fat Boys? Oh, yeah. Either You were the Fat Boys lover or the, the MC lover. The Fat Boys are back. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they can never be whack. Yeah. I went for a run with who? My nuts all around the block. Took no shortcuts. Ran all the way home. Busted down the door. And my nuts was dragging all over the floor. Now wow. don't go. I could go on forever. Dude, you love the that Fat shit. Boys. Yeah. Um, was that your jam in college? I mean, it was a music. Ralph movie. Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> in college? Oh, I started listening to like. Mark Prince Marquis. Oh, I think I was listening to the. My uh, music taste is so eclectic. It was like Steely Dan and the Spin Doctors. Of course, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little Miss, little Miss, little yeah. Miss, can't be wrong. Uh, oh, the original oh jam God. band. 
so good. Wow, uh, you may have broke Rotten Tomatoes. Is it below? It's not even on there. There's no tomato meter score. Oh. Not enough critics have reviewed it. It's so good. You got to go watch it disorderly. <laughs> it's the Fat Boys. You can't even the get their albums boys. anymore on iTunes. You, you can't, can't get Fat get Boys on now, iTunes now. I can tell you what the audience score is. What is it? Okay, well, first guess the audience score. This is not critics. This is pure audience. Eighty-six percent. Eighty-six percent. I, uh, Adam, did you even see Disorderlies? I didn't. Nope. Did you okay. hear about it in your life? Nope. That's so good. Well, but it's uh, they become they become nurses' assistants or something like that at a hospital, and then they get involved in a drug cartel ring in a house, <laughs> like weird. you do, right? Like you do uh, when it, you weigh seven hundred and fifty-three pounds. <laughs> it's at fifty-three percent. No way. With the with, I, with I was, the audience, my first guess was going to be fifty-three percent. Wow. But I thought it's so good. Now I'm not going to type in mine, obviously, because I don't. I don't. I don't because I, don't I already know the, the answer in front of me. But my childhood movie, the the, the movie that I, I've probably seen over 20 times in my life, yeah, the original Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, great call. Oh, the original yeah. Mighty that Ducks. That can't be anything lower than an 87. <laughs> no. percent And if it is, I'm going to go with 82. You're going to go 82. It can't be more than an 80, less than an 87. Right. No, it can't be. You just get, your asshole just tightened up a little bit it there, did. Adam. What it happened? Did. My asshole went quack, quack. <laughs> you got Biggie Smalls would say you got tight like frog's ass. Got, oh, rest in peace. All right, all right, all right, Adam. So you're 87, did you say? Yeah. All right, and you're 80. Uh, three, I think I said. God, it's going to break my heart. But I'm going to say. I'm going to say 62. Okay. All right. Hold on. Mighty Ducks started a franchise that won the Stanley Cup. Sure. 2007. Are you uh, texting your agent right now? Find me a copy of Disorderlies <laughs> by the Fat Boys immediately. So funny. I wish I had that type of cachet. <laughs> Get me that. Get me oh, Mighty Ducks. fuck you, Rotten 42%. Tomatoes. 42%. Oh, I wish it was that high. 23 I wish it was that high. 12? 17. 15 percent. Uh, why? why do we awful, have that dude. We got to stop taste? this game. This is the worst game ever. Yeah, it's making me feel God. terrible. It's going to be like, oh, next you're going to rate the, the love our parents had for us. Nine percent. Nine percent. From your... Swore. <laughs> they did. The, the sad thing is, as comics, we wouldn't think it was anything more than 63 oh, percent. So we'd be so self-loving. Yeah. Oh, I was about a 35 on my best day. Man, that's high. That's high. It's a high rating. Dude, uh, we had... Uh, I just was thinking about college. We had the craziest, the weirdest shit goes on down down south because I grew up. Uh, the school I went to was a Civil War town, so there was all ghost stories and everything did around there. Like, did they do like the reenactments? And yeah, stuff? There was a, yeah, they would do reenactments, but there was also people that would give tours. But and this is kind of a non sequitur. I was just thinking about this, and it's just a yeah. I, I just remembered this, yeah. and, and, and it just hit me. But we used to do this thing. Um, there, there's a pyramid in the middle of a field. Uh, where it, oh, it's a Civil War monument, but it's a, literally a stone pyramid in the middle of the field with train tracks that run alongside of it. So, what? You, what you sure, this we, isn't a Nyquil dream you had a couple uh, weeks ago. So, this is the craziest. This thing sounds we used awesome. To do. We we used to, you know, we'd be at a party with a couple girls. You usually get a guy, you know, one of your buddies, and be like, "Hey, dude, you want to you want a pyramid? You want to do some pyramid with these girls?" And you'd be like, "Yeah," or or you'd just be like, "Pyramid, pyramid," the and best, then you just go and so be, so you slowly get into the story about have you guys. Ladies, have you, do you, have you heard about the pyramid? You know, they're like, no, of course they the, haven't. What's yeah. the pyramid? Like, and so you would tell, there's this pyramid out in the middle of a Civil War battlefield. And, um, the, you know, the legend is that this young couple was out there and, you know, they were kind of making out or whatever. And um, the, the girl had to go pee. So she went around the side of the pyramid and she peed. And when she came back, 
her boyfriend was dismembered. All of his body parts were on each corner of the pyramid and his head was on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so she freaked out and then she looked over and there was an old man riding a bicycle on the train tracks. And he was jerking off to the yeah, golden right. girls. <laughs> and he did it. You know, he killed. So what we did, yeah. like, do you want to go check out the pyramid? So you'd go to the pyramid. And, and they'd could, always say yes to that? Yeah, for, I did it like a couple times. So oh, you could wow. all, you could pull right up to the pyramid. You could mm-hmm. pull right, there was a little entrance right there. But what you would do is you'd park about a half mile away. And we're, sports guys so sure. everyone had like in the back of their cars they'd have some baseball bats or some golf clubs so each one of us would grab a baseball bat or a golf right. club and be like stay close stay close and they'd be all freaked out and be like and you'd stop them every once in a while like wait what was that Chris go go check out that just go check out that bush and he'd go out and he'd fucking check out that you know, he'd bush like hit the bush you'd be like we're, we're clear we're clear and then you go you're, and doing, then, you're doing like marine signals yeah with each other. and it's so it, it was the craziest psychological thing because they feel they would, so safe with you they, they they felt safe and they felt how did he know to hit that bush so hard <laughs> yeah, yeah he just killed whatever was in that bush yeah. oh my god I'm totally gonna fuck him and later. you'd play it out the whole way through because you're yeah. like you you talk about like oh, I believe in ghosts and you tell a ghost story about how something happened in your life and then you go there and they felt like scared and safe. And powerless, but with a powerful person. If you can balance that line between scared and safe, between like putting the fear of God in them, mm-hmm. but then be yeah, like, it's like, don't this. worry, yeah, I'll handle and, it. And and it would work. You would be like, you'd be out. It'd be a full moon in the mm-hmm. middle of a field with a pyramid, and you'd have like outdoor pyramid sex. <laughs> Wait, you would you would yeah at the end of that you, you would you how, what, now what, how would you initiate that because from, what would happen was would you segue out of an urban legend be like and that's when they knew that that uh, that Jimmy the Jimmy the big dick. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy the, the big Jimmy, dick. Jimmy the big dick. Rodriguez <laughs> was uh, was beheaded history. right over there. Yeah. Oh, speaking the, of big dicks. Well, you did, so you tell the story and you go and then you're like, do you hear anything? And then be like, so you'd be making. So what would happen is one guy would be like, hey, let's go check out the other side. Let's see what's going on over there. And you'd go look for like blood or whatever. And then when the person got there, you had your own little separate areas, and then you oh. start making out. And then the girl I was with, she looks at me, she goes, I have a condom. I was like, okay, game up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was great. Wow, so, that, so, that, so did you ever like pay an old man to ride by on a bicycle? Oh, that's taking it a little fun. <laughs> if it needed to come to that, listen, we'll give you the, the look up here. And then he'll, <laughs> otherwise you're cool he to just eat some hot dogs. Fun. Excellent. Excellent, <laughs> Excellent three amigos reference, yeah, the by the way. crazy old man to come by and just go, don't go that the way. Mm-hmm. And then you, <laughs> some old man whistling like poltergeist walking by with that fucking weird Amish hat. Dude, that, so that was your like lookout point or whatever. You know how some people yeah. have like, let's go to Makeout Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, oh, it was the crazy. Make out mountain? Did anyone have a make out mountain? Well, I guess you guys had the pyramid. We had the pyramid. What do they have in Fullerton? Oh god, there's no mountains. Uh, what, what do we? Wait, have? where's Fullerton? Uh, Fullerton's right next to Anaheim, California. Oh okay. So yeah, so it's it's Orange County. There's, yeah. Oh, you're like let's go to the outdoor mall that costs seven billion dollars. <laughs> you buy the fountain. An Armenian guy lost a shoe. <laughs> Let's go yeah. to the Dave and Buster's where a fat kid won 60 tickets on a fucking ski ball. Legend has it that at this Amber Crombie and Fitch, they once sold a t-shirt for $22. And then it turned into a, a pack sun, and then it was all over. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's the closest thing we had to a ghost story in fucking Orange oh, yeah. County. We didn't have anything like that. Um, speaking of pack sun. Yeah. Speaking of other cool... Uh, you can do a plug things for some to talk advertisement. about. No, no, Pack Sun. <laughs> I wish they sponsored us. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, me. Brad worked at uh, the closest thing to Pack Sun, which is Hot, hot topic. topic. Yeah, it did. Is that their jingle? It should be. <laughs> did they steal <laughs> Hot, hot Pocket's jingle? Wait, did Hot Pocket rip off Hot Topic? <laughs> and then they had se- the CEO had sex right here. They <laughs> did, stole that our sounds jingle. like a Dateline NBC. Yeah. Did Hot Topic <laughs> rip off Hot Pocket? Oh man, and 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 then like there's some gothic version of Jim Gaffigan doing like a hot topic joke, yeah, talking to himself after a joke. 
Um, no, I, I wanted to segue. Because uh, we we uh, have only got a little bit more time. How much time we've we been talking? Uh, close to an hour, buddy. No way. Yeah, yeah time flies. Time flies when you're, uh, the greatest people in the world. Oh, that's so this nice rustic refinished table. Isn't I love it, great? it. You got good tables. Do you like this chair in the corner? I do. I like all this. Bob stuff. Saget said uh, that looks like a chair. That uh, what do you call it? The schmegma chair. Yeah, the schmegma wow. chair. They should have it in that place in Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking black sheep. He goes. It looked like an old man had a pastrami sandwich and then came on it. <laughs> oh, on the sandwich and then ate it. Or I don't know. I don't know. We didn't get. We didn't ask any follow-up. Imagine yeah. qualifying that on the sandwich, Bob, yeah, or on the yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. He did it in the America's Funniest Home Video Voice, too. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, it's pretty crazy that, I mean, I've I've known you for how long, man? When do we... I feel like you I know, met you I pretty you. early. When I, I started stand-up. When I took over Bruco, maybe? Yep. And I used to have you on all the time. Yeah. yeah. You used to always come in with, like, a, a, a deep V t-shirt. Oh, and, and That and sounds like Ray. You would come in with a... I loved it. First time I saw you, I know exactly What'd you what you're wearing. Oh, I thought I was like, this guy's a fucking... Either he's a, a graphic novel villain, or <laughs> he's the coolest guy I've ever met in my life. You had a, a deep... Novel. You had a deep V t-shirt, and you were wearing... <laughs> A three-quarter length o- black overcoat over it. Do you a pea coat, yeah. yeah and, I, and I think you had a hat on, I too. I was like, this guy's mixing media right here. <laughs> what is, is he New York? Is he Seattle? I didn't is know he what California? I, was. I didn't know, man. I, I still like, don't know. I think you'll still wear like a, 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 a basketball jersey with nothing under it and a top coat over that. <laughs> I, like That's something with like swim trunks. You're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely with, uh, an Adam Ray with, uh, with my puffy vest. Yeah, and like some like high shine Ferragamo loafers. You like, got I don't it. know what I'm doing, but You're I got it all Covered. I can play basketball. I can go swimming. I can go to a fucking yeah. gala. I like to. It's it's triple threat is what yeah. I call that. What did somebody said said about you? They said you you dress like a nine year old. Oh, Greg Gerardo. Yeah. yeah. What was it? What well, did you he, say? I was wearing a backwards hat. I was a clean shave, <laughs> and I had this like checkered short sleeved uh, polo shirt. Yeah. And uh, and jeans that were just not nice. And he goes, I was hosting for him at the Irvine Improv. And, mm. And he goes, uh, keep it going for Adam. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for, uh, I guess it was dressed up like a fucking nine-year-old night here at the <laughs> Irvine Improv. <laughs> and I really did. It was like a kid that Did was that just... fuck your setup in the beginning? Like, no. do I really? No. Well, this is after I brought him up. Mm. Yeah. And it, so, no, I mean, he's he was my favorite comic. Yeah. So yeah. It was, and, and, it was... and this is still even back when, because now you got the high and tight hair. This is this is when you had the part right down the middle, right? My hair was huge for a while. You're going, oh, now... like, you're going like quasi pompadour now, I think. Yeah, but it's even shorter now. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, no, here's, here's what I... I no, no, no. I'm defending it. It's a truncated pompadour. It's so a, Listen, it's Vinny two years he, before he got to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Excuse me. Fuck you. I like Fuck it. You. I, I like it. I Thank like you. it. I like Speaking it of great hair, mm-hmm. Jay Manapar is the host of Ellen's Design Challenge. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I want to get to because you, uh, you've been grinding. Yeah. You've been grinding. I've been for, on my grind. You've been in... I mean, in the... the the grind of this business for what ten plus years? Fifteen. I've been in Los Angeles since '04, and uh, started in 2000. And you've mm-hmm. gotten awesome. to be in every avenue of you know, I mean, crushing the commercial world, stand up, acting, hosting, and yeah. now uh, you've gotten a gig that uh, that you couldn't be more right for. Thank you. That you're crushing. Thank you. That I watch clips of, and you're fucking the. Here's why you're a great host. Hosting to me has always seems like a very um, very challenging. The first time I ever auditioned for a host thing, I 
We auditioned tried. for hosting together, and they put us in the room together, which yeah. was the most awkward fucking thing in Super the world. Super awkward. And we had, <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, in, Adam. Jay, just watch, watch Jay. And yeah. then, Jay, you watch Adam. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah we're buddies. We're you good. have to be, I mean, there's the Ryan Seacrest hosts. Presentational. Presentational. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guys that go, oh, I can grab a beer with that guy afterwards. Yeah. But he also is giving me all the info I need. Yeah. And setting up the rule, and whatever... You just have such a great balance of both, where you still and and even watching these clips, I was like, oh, that's still like I know you well, so I'm like, oh, that's yeah, you're you're, you're still not, you weren't compromising, you're, yeah, you're not faking it, yeah. It's t- that was that was the hardest thing because the copy that they give you, you know, the stuff you have to read and 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 the stuff they show on the show, it's just a tiny bit of what I actually had to right. do. The first episode I came in, they gave me explain the show for people. That oh don't yeah, know so Ellen's it. Design Challenge. It's yeah. on HGTV. Uh, and this is an Ellen Cleghorn from SNL in no. the early nineties. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, that Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. The one Ellen. of the most powerful people yeah, on the planet she... picked Jay Monopoly yeah. I mean, to host her first. Follow-up show, yeah. Her yeah. first is that your Prince, first, yeah. Oprah, Ellen. Ellen. I put all these people in the oh, same. Oh yeah, sentence. she's a she's a house. I mean, she's so powerful. It's, it's crazy. But uh, and and apparently she she handpicked me, which was an unbelievable honor. You know, that's, that's unreal, like, dude. That's crazy. A because also, I mean, I I, I looked up to her stand-up wise. Oh, she's Still so do. influential. She was, yeah. If you read, if you watch some of her stuff, you're like, everyone has done that joke after her. You oh, know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, it was great." After I I after the first episode, I woke up the next morning. You know, it did really well. It got like 3.9 plus million viewers. It's the biggest uh, HGTV, premiere. right? HGTV, biggest yeah. biggest premiere in HGTV. What history. nights, real quick? So it's Monday nights, nine o'clock, eight central. HGTV. Uh, there's four more episodes left. The reviews are crazy. The second episode went up 33 percent from the first episode. Um, so you we, wake up from which that, which, which almost never happens. Never. It's usually huge debut and yeah. then huge drop off, yeah. and hopefully the drop off, hopefully it builds isn't, up, yeah, after. and it builds back up. No, we we went up 33 percent, and uh, and I, so I woke up the next morning. You know, because you never you're like, what are they? You never. It's know, out of dude. your control. Like I don't know what they're gonna do yes. with me, and I wasn't. You know, I wasn't allowed to really. Shine. I, my, I had a job. You know, my job was to propel the forward motion of this show. Right. You know, they even told me at one point. You know, like we hired you because you're a comic, but we don't want you to be a comedian. That's a mind fuck right there. I don't even know what, what do that you do means. with that sentence. Yeah. So, so it's just you have that's, to. That's the I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Yeah. You're like, what right? the fuck does that mean? I don't understand. And you know, you have to ride the line between um, hitting certain words. You really have to hit certain words very clean, mm-hmm. but you can't make it seem like it's canned. You so, can't be push salesy, right? Yeah, you can't be schmacky salesy. So the next morning I woke up and Ellen had sent me this beautiful gift basket at my doorstep with a beautiful, you know, personal note from me. I got a personal note and a gift from Ellen DeGeneres. It was That's like crazy. the most my wife starts crying. My cousin's <laughs> staying with me. he's crying. I'm like, You uh, you're an outdoorsman. You're crying. <laughs> was it all weed paraphernalia? And no. she goes, You'll never have to look through black dildos to find never weed. Again. <laughs> yeah, no, it was an awesome cheese. That's in- yeah, it was That's nice. incredible, dude. Yeah. So and her then the note was just so heartfelt and so like yeah it was real it was nice it was it was great um did you cry no i i i I am one of those you know i'm a comic so everything i'm like it's all gonna be taken away from me it's uh yeah yeah whatever it is you you can't enjoy your life Mm -hmm. you know but uh yeah it was it was a big it's i didn't i you know i've been hosting for a while but i didn't when you get to this level like you know i've hosted I was going to be the next Dick Clark bloopers guy. I shot that pilot. Are you serious? Yeah, and that Dick Clark passed away. And yeah, it just, it went away. So we shot the pilot, and it was great and everything. But um, it, you know, that was a small production thing. This, you go, you go on set thinking you're prepared for something. Mm-hmm. This was the biggest production that HGTV has ever done. There is 
the Warner Brothers executives there, A. Smith, who does everything. There's Ellen's people, and there's HGTV, and all the top people from all these places, and they're all staring at you. And meanwhile, during the first episode, the first thing, I, I go up in my clothes. They stop me mid, mid, you know, mid whatever, and they're like, "You look too close to the the carpenters. Your outfit's too close to the carpenters." I took a shirt off the top Warner Brothers executive. I start wearing his shirt. Holy so I'm crap. wearing his shirt in the first episode. The, through the whole thing, he's got a shitty T-shirt that says like <laughs> Jet Tools on it with two thousand dollars shoes. You know, it's so uh, and and yeah, it just doesn't prepare you. It's it's so much pressure. And, and and you're just sitting there while all these people are staring at you like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, and that's the other thing. You're and like, you know, they're thinking that. Yeah, who is this guy? You know, yeah. and, but they don't know the contestants. They think you know maybe he knows so much about building and carpentry. Does he have any influence on <laughs> right. this? You know, and that's part of the game you have. To play too. And they're thinking thoughts like that, and they're also thinking thoughts that don't matter because mm-hmm. they're executives, and they've got to be thinking of. It's our job to think of ways to, I don't know, is, fuck it, it up or like. Yeah. Is I think this something we should be yeah. concerned with? I well, think his shirt is too tight for Middle America, right? You know, I know, but these guys, I can't, I, I can't imagine ever doing a, 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 a show with nicer people. These guys no, were unbelievably supportive. They came up to me after, you know, during the middle, and they saw that I was a little probably tight, and they were like. We are not. We are gonna. We have all eyes on you, just to make you look great. That is our job right here, and that wow. kind of took all the pressure awesome. off. Yeah. But they give you, you know, before the first episode, I had all my dialogue and stuff. I wake up in the morning at seven in the morning. They emailed me seven new pages of fresh dialogue <laughs> that we're taping in an hour. Seven single spaced pages Get that ready. I have to now do. Yeah. Right off the box, but it, it turned out good, and uh, yeah, well, I'm proud of it. I'm happy. And also, it's, it's. I mean, who doesn't? What's the demo for the show? Uh, twenty five to fifty four, I believe. Women. Uh, well, now a lot of guys are getting into the. To be honest, I watched some of this shit and I was like, "Oh man," because I'm uh, in the next year going to get a new place. Yeah, and I. But you already about, have some sweet style going on. Thank here. you. Yeah, but I uh, I don't know, man. Seeing some also just competition shows that are new like this. Yeah. Um, and they 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 feel the drama of it and like yeah. the uh, the people know what they're doing and the the um, the panel who's uh, chiming in with uh, you know their insights on the things people are designing like know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, this this show we got we literally have all, they each. Carpenter, each designer has a lead carpenter, and every one of these carpenters also has their own television show. Like, they got the best of the best. And then the judges are Christiane Lemieux, she's the executive creative director of Wayfair.com, which is the largest online uh, furnishing dealer in the Wayfair, world. Wayfair, not to be confused with uh, Wayfair.com, which is mm-hmm. the uh, website to order vanilla wafers. Yeah, or the strawberry, which no one gets unless it's three in the morning and you're fucking cocked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then uh, Amanda Dameron, who's the definitely from New England, the way oh, the, the, yeah. because you said fucking cock, fucking right? Cock, yeah, yeah that's a uh, yeah, that's a that's a Rhode Island for drunk. Yeah, right there. <laughs> so it's the best designers in 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 kind of the world, and the best uh, you know, Amanda Dameron's the editor in chief of Dwell Magazine, which is the most respected, one of the most respected yeah. interior design magazines, and these guys are awesome. It was it's, so much fun. Yeah, and and here's the thing: is uh, you're publicist like sent me a clip of the show so like i'm watching it and then when i i, I literally you got found myself when i came on didn't you well obviously yeah. i mean look at those cheekbones uh <laughs> but like when the clip ran out i was like oh what the i don't yeah. know what happens yeah ah! it's actually an exciting show yeah it's, totally, it's, man. it's a good show I, I i love watching leonard robinson texted me last night uh, he's a comic mm-hmm. and he goes i'm watching this with my girlfriend man we're halfway through she's already addicted <laughs> fuck you monopar now i gotta watch this show forever <laughs> Now I gotta watch you all the time. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and she's, she's like, like "Look at me, going, why I didn't get that job." Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's That's another awesome, guy more though, successful than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I was I was on Wild and Out. <laughs> hey, hey, easy with that black guy impression. You might get now, Watkins uh, to I shoot saw you your at thirty. Clip, no, I saw your clip online where uh, you you do a black impression, yeah. and then a guy fucks with you, and he made you keep saying it. Yeah, that's some weird sex shit. Say it again. Well, that was the cra- yeah. If you haven't seen this clip, it's on my mm-hmm. uh, YouTube page. Just type in uh, Adam Ray deals with crazy heckler. But that was yeah. the craziest thing I've ever had to deal with. Yeah, but you well know what? I, I actually like hecklers now because I love it. they'll take your show in a direction you never thought it would. I ended up getting a bit the other day. This Russian guy was heckling me at Gotham Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing seven minutes on this guy. And I ended up, there was like... Yeah, I saw that clip you posted. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was all like, boom, off the cuff. And so I, he, he took you like, hey, say, say that again. I, turn, I had him turn, coming out turn of your head around. <laughs> <the realm. laughs> yeah. I ended up doing a, a bit about like, if you, it turned into if you had a Russian grandmother giving you, you know, saying nursery rhymes yeah. to you, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Rockabye yeah. baby, all yeah. the three top. No leaves, everybody dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I did a whole, you know, and that ended up being a bit that I used. Yeah, because now you could that. write a bit like Russian nursery rhymes. Yeah. And, you could, yeah. It's, and it ended up being great. And it, hey, I diddle, think people, diddle, the cat in the fiddle. <laughs> it is Russian, there's no fiddle. Meeny, meeny, feet, enough rhymes, go to bed, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Humpty Dumpty <laughs> sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty fell. That fat fuck. That fat fuck. <laughs> he should not have been on the wall. He it's fell. not his wall. He Get fell. off, not your wall. He fell too close to radiation. He's dead now. <laughs> Fucking Chernobyl. He's got three eyes. That's actually really funny. That's I mean that's a whole. Yeah, it turned into a whole bit, and uh, you know it's it's it, and you have all these things in your head like. Where, you know these weird ideas these disparate ideas that you don't know where you're going to use and that's when they pop up and you're talking about like all these little struggles you go through life as a performer and mm-hmm. you don't know when you're going to that lesson that you've learned in that weird little bar we someplace. end up using everything man yeah. you have to we use that, our body as an instrument oh I, I totally it's, I totally understand what you're saying <laughs> oh, we're going to play uh, soggy it's an instrument and you know how to play it sister after this podcast we're playing soggy muffin or cookie cookie all together it's wait a so minute exciting. wait a minute soggy muffin next on Elm's design show <laughs> cookie cookie <laughs> it rhymes better than soggy muffin doesn't it that's true um, Jay Monopoly you're the man you're yeah. the man thanks for coming by thanks for having me honestly I've been wanting to be on this podcast for so long dude man. really I, oh yeah are you kidding me you listen to it yes I love the, you've well, had Crazy, crazy guests on the show, and just to be oh, a man. part of that lineup oh. is such an honor for me. Well, you crushed it, man. Yeah, man, exactly. Yeah, I could be happier for you, man. You're, I mean, you know, you're one of the nicest, funniest dudes uh, and in the biz, and and uh, I hope the show runs for fucking fifteen seasons. Bro. Yeah, well, I got a five year contract, so we'll see what the hell happens, hell dude. Yeah, but that's buddy. unbelievable, man. I mean, one of the biggest comics ever handpicked yeah. you. Like it was great. It was I had good, the, right? I, there was a vetting process too. I, there was like a month in there where I was like. They they were vetting me. They were looking through my whole online everything. Right. To of course. Some stuff. So were you perusing through, being like, I need to get rid of that? I just uh, you know about my friends. <laughs> Anything that's disparaging, take it down. Right. Now. Exactly. You know, there's nothing on. I'm a clean cut. Any guy. Facebook photo albums like, sorry, yeah. not sorry, 2012, yeah, Jay Mana like, Park Cabo <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah. Get rid His of those. wife's bikini underwear. Yeah. 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 And then I mean, we're, we're we were like trying to find those. Ver- Virginia College like stories call, oh, calling you a racist no. like alright don't look that far back yeah luckily well my and my college ended up doing a, uh, a whole spread on me in the, the alumni that's awesome dude that. yeah, oh well cool. there you go well then you could show them that if, if, if they brought if yeah, they brought it to your bam. attention done uh, but uh, Jay Monopar on Twitter yeah uh, at Jay Monopar uh, how do you spell that last name M-O-N-T-E-P-A-R-E you can find me at jmonopar.com watch Ellen's Design Challenge every Monday 9, 8 central it's awesome. The furniture is incredible. It's exciting. Uh, you learn a lot, and it's just fun to watch. So. And finally, 
Fuck Watkins. Fuck Watkins. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Thank you, guys. So that's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.